Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Are you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life? Are you ready to get this party started? This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months helped thousands of women shed weight and inches while becoming more confident and a six times gold medalist in the transplant games of america get ready for shut up and grind here's your host robert b foster All righty. Happy Friday, everyone. This is Rob Foster, host of Shut Up and Grind with yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So this was not on the regular schedule, but we wanted to come to you tonight because I have a special guest. And she is here with me now. This is Nicole. Say hi, Nicole. Hi. <laughs> All right. Nicole is a Cranston native for nearly three decades. She's a 2002 graduate of Cranston High School West. I almost wrote Cranston West High School, but I know that's not Cranston Cranstonian correct. She is also she was also an all-state athlete. She's a college D1 athlete, also graduated from Florida State University, right? FSU? Mm-hmm. Okay, Florida yep. State University. She's also a youth sports coach, a married mom of three, and she will be Cranston's next citywide councilwoman. So thank you for joining me on such short notice. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. So let's dive right in. So with everything else on your resume that I just read, what made you decide to want to run for citywide councilwoman? Well, um, to be honest with you, I have always been super involved in the community um, now as a coach, but obviously as a mother, I'm involved at my kids. I've seen how important it is to be involved and to know what's going on and to have a voice and how to, to make change relative to that. So I was approached by more than one person about running for city council because this year there'll be five seats open on the council. Okay. And so I, it was intriguing. I was honored and flattered to be asked. Um, so I, I did my homework. I talked to my family, my friends, and then I spoke to Mayor Fong and a few um, council people that I know. And um, then I you know, really thought about it. And I, really, I decided after I got quarantined um, so during COVID, so a lot of people say, oh, did you get into this before COVID and, you know, then you were hit with this or did you decide after and actually being quarantined and seeing, um, you know, thinking more about this important point we are 
in in history with the city, um, I thought, well, there's all these seats open and I know that I am a trustworthy person. I care about Cranston, I care about kids and I will work super hard. So I should, you know, throw my hat in the ring and see if I can get one of those seats because this is an important, you know, juncture for the city. And yep. moving forward, I think I could do a good job. So it seemed right the right time to get involved. Awesome, great answer. All right, so I've seen on your on your campaign, you're constantly putting, I am not a politician. And that's great. Now, and I, I know you, I have no problem saying that I know you. And people that know me know that I wouldn't align myself with anyone that didn't have the right values for this job. So, well, for this position. But my question is, so why did you choose to run as a Republican? So I have been pretty independent my, my whole life. I'm very moderate. So anything that I'm running on, I feel like I could kind of be on, on both sides of the aisle. I'm not ex extreme in one direction. Um, I was a registered Republican. My father's a registered Republican, more so based on um, financial responsibility. The American dream has always been a huge part of, of how I grew up. So that's something that I definitely um, take from the national agenda. But um, the Republicans are, you know, basically the people that I know and work with outside of city council, just in my regular life, who invited me to run on their ticket and embraced putting a woman on their ticket and endorsing a woman. And they understood my values and the Republicans that are on the council now, Ed Brady, Chris Poplowskis, Ken Hopkins, who's, who's also, who's running for mayor, they have always voted on both sides of the aisle. So I knew that I was, you know, safe and comfortable being part of that team. So I didn't really look at it as being a Republican. I looked at it as being part of that team. Okay. And I, and I went with it. All right. And Very I took good. a lot, I take a lot of uh, crap for it too. So <laughs> I'm willing to do that, to be on that team. Yeah, I mean, you you know, in, in almost anything that's done out there, you're never going to please 100% of people all the time. And no matter what, what it is, I have to make decisions in a day to day basis where some people say yay, other people say nay. And that's just the nature of the beast. But if anyone can handle that grind, I know it's you. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So you had mentioned COVID a second ago. So how do you think we'll start with the state first? How do you think the governor has handled this pandemic so far? I have to say that initially, I was really impressed with the governor. She was always present. She was calm. You know, she really shut things down and seemed in control. And, you know, prior to that, I wasn't the hugest fan of the governor. And so I even, you know, called my dad. I said, I'm so impressed with Gina Raimondo. She's really um, working with the Department of Health and following Dr. Alexander Scott's recommendations. and. I thought that that was the perfect thing to do because you have to trust science and the people at health. Yes. And I worked um, in the health insurance department before and we worked closely with the department of health. So I do know Dr. Alexander Scott and I know she, she knows her stuff. So I was really impressed as time went on. And I think the governor became a little hypocritical and that would, that bothers me about anyone. So when, you know, she's going to big events and not wearing a mask, I get it. You can forget your mask, but you, you have a bunch of people that work for you. How do you not have a mask in your pocket? You're not saying a good example for the public. Yeah. And then now with holding on to the CARES money, I have a major problem with that. All multiple other states, most of the other states have given out 
that money to help small businesses, to help the schools. And now it's almost like, you know, the cities are getting, getting into trouble and people are looking at them like, oh, you should fund the schools now. Well, then they'll have to fund the schools going forward. And the city is already having trouble bringing in tax money because, you know, like restaurants can't stay open at capacity. So I think that she has done a really a disservice to the citizens of the state by holding on to that CARES money. I don't know if she's trying to, you know, fill the gaps in her own budget, but more than the governor, the general assembly should be ashamed of themselves for not going back to work when the cities and towns have, you know, at least been on Zoom running their meetings. They spent upwards of, don't quote me on this, $166,000 on plexiglass, which they could have bought in the state for a lot cheaper yeah. and had one meeting in person. And I think that that's shameful. We don't have a budget and we can't fund our schools, but we have to send teachers and students back to them. And so now I don't really like how it's going and they're going to roll it back. And I just don't see how we can move forward as a state and then as a city, as communities. I think it's making everything worse because we're more divisive um, than ever. But I mean, there's a lot of stress because people yeah. don't know what to do, what's what's going on. So she needs to take control back and be that calm force that's there giving reports, but making sense because now people are over it and they're they're just over it and they're going, they're not being logical anymore because they're so upset, I think. Yes. Yeah. I was listening to her address today and listening, I mean, reading some of the comments. Now I realize there's a bunch of trolls on these things, but mm -hmm. I, I filtered them out. And you just look at the bulk of what people are saying. I think you hit the nail right on the head that people are just over it now. They're just really over it. And we understand, you know, that's not to belittle people that have suffered real, real damage from it. But 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 at the same token, other people are suffering mental, mental health issues, financial issues, having relationship issues. Like it's it goes really deep. So I, I, oh, I definitely sure. I definitely agree something needs to be done. But you're on the home stretch. So the election is Tuesday. So yep. if you get the vote for that position, what's the what's your number one priority that you want to tackle if, if you get in? I have I have so many priorities, but I'd say the first thing that we have to do is get a handle on the budget. And I know that's not the most that's not the most exciting thing that I could say because yeah. you know I'm excited about I want things to be more transparent and accessible and fix the schools and work with the community. But first and foremost, we have to get a handle on the budget. We don't even know how bad the situation is. So we don't know how to fix it. Yeah. So, you know, once we figure that out, we'll have to go line by line, see where we can, you know, cut spending and get rid of things in different departments that we don't necessarily, you know, need right now. We need them obviously because we approve them, but maybe we can do without for X amount of months or, you know, do more with less for a little while. I'm kind of, I have a creative mind in, in that way. So yeah. I hope that I'll be able to help with that and, you know, to get a little creative, but we need to fix the budget. And I don't want to raise taxes on people who are at the same time losing their businesses. Their mental health isn't good. They might be losing their houses. They might be out of work still. And, you know, we don't know if we're getting another stimulus. I don't know if they're still getting unemployment. So I don't want to really fix the budget that way, yeah. but we have to do it. Yeah. So and that would be the first thing. Okay. And as you said, talking about the budget's never, never a sexy topic. Mm -mm. And I overhear a lot of people always saying, oh, all they care about is money. All they care about, about is money. 
And I always push back and say, how do you run your household? Right? It's yeah. like, like you run your household on a budget. You just can't go out and just spend what you don't have. And people just have to realize that government's the same way. You know, so exactly. I think yeah, so I definitely think that that's key that you have to know what you're working with before you can go out and really make the impact in the community that you want to. Exactly. And Mayor Fong has done, you know, a, a, an amazing job over the, the last 12 years, like building up the rainy day fund and being, you know, super fiscally responsible. So I think we have to we have to continue that. Otherwise, you know, we can't get the bond rating that we need to get the bonds to do all these other things that we want to do. So it's all, it's all connected, but first we have to, we have to be fiscally responsible and we have to take care of these things, yeah. you know, before we can do anything else. Like you said at home, when my kids want something for Christmas, like they can't get everything they want if I didn't pay the mortgage and put food in the fridge. That's just not how it works. So exactly. we'll have to make some compromises and I hope that everyone will be able to just, you know, work together and do what's right for the city, not Democrat, Republican, just, what's right for Princeton, I think that's the most important thing. Okay, that's great. All right, so for registered voters out there, so I, I know I, I, didn't, I didn't discuss this with you, but for registered vote, voters out there who might be disgusted with the way the presidential campaign is going right now and are opting to not vote, like what would you say to them knowing that it's not just about the president, because I believe there's Congress seats available, there's Senate seats available, there's the, the, the council seats available, and there's many re referendums. So what would you say to those people who are thinking of not voting just because they may not like either presidential candidate? I think that people need to really sit and think long and hard about what affects their daily lives. Who takes care of you know the streets that you drive down? Who picks up your trash? Who is in charge of your taxes? Who funds your police department You know to keep you safe? Who funds the fire department, um, the schools, your community that you live in? And that's your local government. So those are the people you need to learn about, know what their priorities are, you know where they stand, what their agendas are, why they're doing this and what they wanna do for you, call them. Most people list their phone numbers. If you have a question, ask. I've had multiple people call me, senior citizens asking, you know, when the senior center is going to open, that's their priority. If you have priorities that hit close to home, it's your local officials that are going to get that stuff done for you. So I would invite you, you know, to, to think of it that way, because the national politics is uh, really polarizing right now. And I think it's making everyone really upset and they're totally, you know, justifiable in their feelings especially when you look at the media and everything that's being put in front of people's face now. Yes. But what's important is, is close to home. So you should go vote for the people who are going to help you close to home. And for, like you said, the referendums, the bond issues, if we want, if you stepped into a school lately, it, my high school looks like it did when I went to high school for the most part. Mm. And I know, you know, my son's elementary school now he's in middle school but they still had portable classrooms. And, you know, I know that the ventilation systems are not good because that was, you know, one of the problems getting kids back to school with COVID. So there are things to fix in those schools and there's a huge bond on the ballot. And right now we have such a good bond rating that now is like a once in a lifetime, you know, event to get that passed. Yes. So that would be a real important one. Yes, let me read a little from that. So that's local question two on the Cranston referendum is offering $147 million and it will affect the, I, I, sorry, 
It says not limited to Garden City, Garden City Elementary, Eden Park Elementary, Gladstone, Parkview Middle, and Cranston High School West. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think like anyone that would not approve that, you know, I mean, I'm not here to judge the way some, someone would vote, but uh, to me, that one's a no-brainer. Well, for sure. And some people have actually said to me, I, I don't have kids in school anymore. So, you know, frankly, Nicole, I don't, I don't care that much about schools, but I think that a lot of stuff starts with school and education. So if you have quality education in your city, you're going to attract, you know, quality workers because they want their kids to go to quality schools without necessarily having to pay for private school. And then I also think, you know, I'm big into homegrown talent. So I think the career and technical school and the pathways at Cranston East, we can literally grow our own talent that can then be part of economic development here in Cranston. So I really think that it's a no-brainer. And also on top of our great bond rating, I believe Ride is offering up to 70% 70 back on that. So Ride is actually going to be paying a huge chunk of that. Wow. So why not go for it? It seems like a gift. That's that's good stuff. (laughs) It's good stuff. And to, to piggyback on what you said about people saying that they don't have kids, I'll even use myself as an example. Granted, I have kids, but I'm 46 years old. So 20 years from now, I'm going to be a senior citizen. Mm-hmm. So th- those kids who are in school now are going to be the next generation of leaders. Yep. So if you look at it that way, it's still important to put this through because the people sure. who, who might be taking care of me in 25 years, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're in school now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and another one on here. So I know you are a longtime athlete and coach. So local question number five, is $2 million towards up, up, um, upgrading the playgrounds and athletic fields. So again, seems like another one, like why would you not? Exactly, like kids need safe places to play and to participate in athletics. It has definitely been proven that kids who are involved in sports get in less trouble, get better grades, it, sports are family. I have what it takes and they'll go and they'll, they'll do whatever needs to be done. But that part is up to you. You have to find the right, the right vehicle to unlock your superpower. Okay, you have to find that right vehicle. So going back to my, to my, uh, knee, to my knee surgery, I, I, like this is one of my core stories. I tell it all the time when I'm laying there in that hospital bed and the doctor looks me dead in my eyes and tells me I'll never run a jump again. And anybody that knows me, I'm challenge accepted all day long no matter what the challenge is. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And, and it has nothing to do with proving anybody else wrong. I could care less what anybody else thinks, th- thinks about me. It's my own personal challenge. I was like, all right, so this guy says I'll never run a jump again. All right, internally, game on. It's like game on. And I did what it took. I attacked every inch of that physical therapy and then some, almost to the point where they were telling me I need to back it down some. But that's what you have to do. You have to do what's necessary. There's no no roadblocks. No roadblocks out there can stop you. None. I was going back and forth with my sister last night about you know the race card. And you guys know I don't I don't play the race card. And I've always said I know racism exists, but it ain't stopping me. No force out there is gonna stop me. The only thing that can stop me is me. That's it. Nothing else can. 
even if I, if I have to get rerouted for a second, I'll get rerouted for a second. But there's nothing out there that can stop me. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter who's in my inner circle. Doesn't matter what my family members have to say. It doesn't matter. If I am focused on something, it's getting done regardless. And once you adopt that mentality, you, you have unlimited potential, unlimited. But the second you start putting limits on yourself, you're, you're going to be doomed to stay right where you are. You, if you're going to say, oh, well, I can't do it because of the color of my skin, or I can't do it because I'm a woman. I can't do it because I have disabilities. I can't do it because I have an illness. The second you start putting limitations on yourself, you are doomed, absolutely doomed. So if you're at a place in your life where you know you need to make a change, if you're in a job that's unfulfilling, if you're in a relationship that's toxic to you, if you're just a situation you feel like you can't get out of, then you need to reach out to me and let's talk about it. And let's talk about it and let's uncover what your superpower is because everybody has it. And it's just a matter of, do you want to uncover yours? If you don't, if you want to continue being content, if you want to continue just getting by and you're just going to do what you can until your retirement time comes, then that's, that's up to you. Absolutely. The name of this podcast is Shut Up and Grind. And I made this and I named it this because that's exactly what it is. If you want to get something done, shut up and grind. Nothing can stop you. So once you're done telling yourself all the reasons why you can't do stuff, just cut it out and start putting the work in. So if you say, oh, well, I don't have any business experience. Yeah, I didn't either. Told you guys, I'm a three-time college dropout, right? Once wasn't enough, twice wasn't enough. I did it three times. And now I mentor people that have bachelor's, master's, and PhDs, you know, because I went out there and I, I just learned from people what I needed to know. Some of the best marketers on this planet, I joined their masterminds, I took their classes, I went to their workshops, and I learned what I need to know to put my imprint on the world. Instead of just saying, oh, well, I can't do that because I don't, I don't have a degree. I said, no, how am I gonna do that in spite of not having a degree? That's, that's the essence of shut up and grind. And even the catchphrase for the, for, for the gym, oh, where's the camera? Some wish for it, we work for it. And that's been the catchphrase for a decade now. So we're not about making excuses. We're not, we're not about that. We're not about following the narrative. We're not about just going through with what society says I should feel or what society says my worth is. No, I'm, I'm done with that game. I am Rob Foster. I am a free thinker and I will forge my own path in this world. And other people that want to jump on board and forge their own path, I'm your man. Okay, reach out to me, robertbfoster.com slash speaks. And let's talk about it. And there's no, no pressure, no nonsense. We'll just talk about it. And then if it's a fit, you want to move forward, we'll move forward. We'll talk about, talk about options of how I can help you and how you can work with me. But like I said, if you're content or if you're just unsure, I'm not, I'm not your person. But if you are fed up and you are ready to make a choice, you're ready to make a decision that you want better for you and your family, then reach out to me and let's talk about it. All right. So that's all I got for you guys. I appreciate you tuning in and always shut up and grind. You've been listening to shut up and grind. 
We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.